Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Savage Snowflake Podcast with Jeff Leach, produced by Vigilante Productions. For more content, check out youtube.com slash JeffLeachTV. What's going on, Savages? How are we doing? Back for another episode. It's Jeff Leach. Uh, thank you very much those who've been supporting on Patreon. I appreciate you. If you haven't checked it out yet, patreon.com forward slash Jeff Leach if you want to be involved in the podcast and supporting what we do here a little bit more. Thank you also to everyone who's been downloading furiously across SoundCloud, iTunes and all those other good podcast locations. So keep doing that. There's another five episodes for you to check out prior to this one. Uh, so this one is going to be different to those previous five episodes. For the first time, I'm going to have myself a guest on the podcast. This gentleman has had his own MTV series, own self-titled MTV series, I should say, starred in a large number of feature films here in Hollywood. He voices characters on Adventure Time. He's done voices on Future Worm. He's also appeared on Comedy Central as a recurring character, Roman, on The Kroll Show. And not only that, as if that wasn't enough on his fucking resume, he's also a rapper and member of the hip-hop group Three Loco. Uh, it's Andy Milanakis. What's going on, dude? Dude. <clears throat> if you ever need a resume reading out a, a I job I felt interview, like such a loser walking in here, and now you just made me feel so cool. I'm like, wait, go. I actually did some things. Thank you. You did a lot of things. Sometimes it's nice to be reminded of our achievements yeah. instead of getting, you know, too caught up in our daily well, I, miseries. I always have that battle. Like, uh, when I have a bad day, when I have, like, a low motivation day, I feel like, you know, the hugest loser on the planet. Like, I'm like, I'm such a pile. Like, let me get off this fucking couch or bed. Let me go do something. Is that is that a genuine thing that you go through? Do you wake up feeling... Like a depressive kind of guy. Like, I, I, I'm actually pretty happy... And I don't know. Um, See, because I suffer from depression. That's why I'm asking. Really? I'm okay. Like, well, no. I, do you I, understand how I feel? I, well, I, maybe I do a little bit because I do have like a. Um, I do have a lot of dark thoughts. Okay. I really do, but it doesn't usually lead to like hardcore depression. Okay, more just like you meet someone and you think, oh, wouldn't it be nice to cut them open? No, no, no. Like dark thoughts about like life. Oh, yourself and like the and universe life. and pressed pit. But I do sometimes get down on myself. You just for not you realize you're just rubbing it in. I've just read out your amazing resume, and made you feel good. Now you're just making me feel worse about my ailment. <laughs> I, I never do that. Who does that? Shit? <laughs> well, no. Well, I mean, you know what I was saying is like I'm fucking with you. Yeah, okay. no, I know. Um, some days I'm like super motivated, and I feel like okay, cool. I feel like accomplished. Like I've done some stuff in life. Yeah. And then like just one bad day could be like. Damn, I'm it lazy. It throw you off kilter. Yeah, yeah. That's hard in this city as well. I mean, you know, we're in Los Angeles in the heart of Hollywood. Yeah. Obviously heavily involved in the uh, the industry that this place seems to revolve around. Yeah. And uh, I don't know about you, man. I fucking hate Los Angeles. It well, feels I'm, like no yeah. one's real. No one's real here. Everyone's mm. always pretending that they're infinitely happy. See, I used to, I used to call people fake here, but then I really, you know, thought long and hard about it and... That's letting them off easy. It's more than fake. Because just like putting on a phony persona is one thing. But, you know, there are so many different ways to describe each, you know, person. And obviously, blanket statements are not that good. Because we're just like, you know, every individual is completely different. So we're just saying like, oh, all of LA is fake. That's kind of shitty to do. Well, I mean, that kind of generalization is obviously not going to be completely true. Yeah, but you do. I mean, you do have I think a point. I mean, pretend, I've been here for. Do actively pretend to be very positive and upbeat a lot. I do too. And also, 
instead of just fake, like a lot of times there are even worse characteristics than being fake, like just evil, vindictive, blood sucking. Like there's yeah. so many ways to, to sum up a lot of people Actively out here. Actively targeting people either to make yeah. them feel good or bad about themselves for their own gain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there are a lot of shitty people out here. There are also a lot of shitty people in this world if yeah. you think about it. But Well, speaking do... of your Twitch audience, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> with you. Um, my Twitch audience is pretty good, actually. You have but, a you have a mixture. I think it's 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 related. I mean, we're going to talk more about Twitch, but it's related yeah. to what the content you put out it d- denotes the audience you you get back. I I 100% agree, and it's also about how you police it too, because um, you know even if you have a pretty positive Twitch uh, stream, if you don't police it at all and you just let people be toxic and racist, it's going to breed more of that, yeah. and then people who don't want to see that shit. They're going to come in and see like, oh, what is this AIDS fest? I, I'm not staying here. You know what I mean? So yeah. if no you one create wants to a good to a environment, that's not going to be... Yeah, it's not a good it's thing. It's not a good party. It's not a good party. Well, it might be a good party, but uh, it's risky party. Yeah. <laughs> it would be a dangerous party. Yeah. You'd have to be very careful. Wear the right clothing. But it's funny that you're talking shit about LA because last night I had the same thing. I was in this um, super trendy lounge and... The only reason I walked in is because... Just to hang out. Um, which, it would have been cool if it was on stream because fucking Drake was there. And I would have okay. been like, yeah, I got Drake on my Twitch, bitch. But um, um, I was just sitting there thinking about how much I, you know, don't enjoy most people. And how, how like, like LA is so corny. And a lot of the time... It are uh, 24-7 desperation. Yeah thirsty it's because you don't you don't just get a job and you don't just go and clock in and do your work and then leave and live your life it's all about like you know like trying to climb and like who are you who are you okay here's my number let's work let's do this it's like yeah social network inside of it or the network let's say business network inside of it has never been something I've naturally been drawn to or good at, I don't think. No, it's really, really gross. And like But you need to do you need to do that to succeed? I don't think you do. I think if you have talent and if you have something special with the you know, the progression of the internet, not every time, you know, you're gonna fucking get success off of it, but I don't think you need to do that. It does the really only take one thing to thing. take, right? Just yeah. takes one thing to take and then you can be a little bit more potentially a little bit more in control of the content Mm-hmm. that will bring you success if it's already done it online and you found an audience for it then people are less likely to fuck with the formula you've already created yeah 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 but people are so pushy though they're like when i go do my IRL streams they're not like oh let's take a picture they're like yo let's work what's your number and i'm like well these i don't are even know you, your these name are people you meet yeah just on the street i'm like i work like yeah it's so it's so desperate, it's so thirsty, and it's like really just disgusting. You just feel unless gross. they're an incredibly attractive woman, in which case there's always an opportunity for work. Yeah, it's a different different type <laughs> of work. That's that is work too. But yeah, yeah. Dating is hard work, man. Yeah. Are you are you single? I am. Okay, and dating having. I fun. was talking about sex was work. As like a fat As, guy, I was making like a fat sex is work guy. It depends if you lay on your back or you get on top. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you care about the person because if it's just like complete like hoe bag, then you're kind of like, ah, I don't want to really put in the work for this. Have you always been a rotund gentleman? <laughs> That's a really nice way of saying a bit chubby. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, I've gone, I've gone up and down a little bit. I'm not really doing so well right this second, but. Um, when I was in Venice, I was much better because 
I was riding my bike every day. I was going to the gym. I had a trainer. I, I need to get back into that. And also, uh, the booze is another thing. When you like turn, when you turn off the booze, dial off the booze. It's easier. When you do what? Turn. Turn off the booze. Like don't drink for. I'm what? still confused. What, how are you? How uh, okay. are you <laughs> when oh. you stop. What? How does that work? Have you never stopped drinking? Dude, I actually, I had six months sober once. Yeah. Okay. I had six months where I didn't drink a drop and uh, I felt amazing. I did a year And then I realized my ha- my life was way too positive and mm-hmm. normal. So I had to fuck it up again. <clears throat> it's back really to, uh, hard at night, man. You walk around at night and you're like, what do you do besides drink? Also, I think it goes hand in hand with the lifestyle that you may have led or the upbringing that you had. You know, booze was always a crutch for me growing up. That was an escape. Yeah. So it's hard to give that up going, well, 13, I started drinking heavily. I'm 34 now. So that means for at least two thirds of my adult life, pretty much, or my entire life, mm-hmm. I've known alcohol. How, how regularly do you get like hangovers? Oh, I don't get like, I don't get hammered anymore all the time. I used to get fucked up all the time. Mm-hmm. Now I just, it's more just like a daily drink or a drink. Every, if I go two days without a drink, my body's like, ooh, what's going so on? So you don't get, you don't get hammered. I, it takes me a lot to get fucked up. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So it's more. See, bu- I did a stream till eight thirty in the morning the other day, and I drank like uh, you know the most of a bottle of Armagnac. Okay, I mean it's a classy choice. <laughs> that was uh, that was a fucking. Were you that doing was- that because you were having fun and you were enjoying the drink, or does it become like a chasing a party, chasing a performance? Because you know you I, do have to be on. All I was the time. I was I was kind of bonding with uh, a couple people online. Okay, we were in a phone call. Um, well, this was the uh, this was the the chat show you were doing. You were no, me. oh, that's a separate thing. Okay. This is something else. And uh, I was talking to two people, um, and I wasn't streaming. Somebody else was, okay. and they were like, you know, they were doing a shot together. I know a lot of people think it's corny to like, you know, you're not really in the same room, but let's do a shot together kind of thing. I mean, absolutely not. If you if anyone. I mean, most of the listeners that I have here will understand the world of streaming. Mm-hmm. And if uh, the ones that don't, they're more fans of my comedy. Um, I think they can understand the idea of watching. It's like watching a show, but the person on screen is interacting with you. So you empathize together. Yeah. The idea of doing something collectively as a community, even though you might not be in the same room. Yeah. I think it's not an alien idea to anyone anymore, especially with Skype and WhatsApp calls and voice, yeah, yeah, yeah. FaceTime. So I didn't really, I don't really keep a lot of like alcohol in my house at all, but... I just happened to buy like a sick bottle. Okay. Um, and you were like, "It's time to fuck up that almond yet." No, it. like I wasn't even going to drink that night, but they were like, "Yo, do a shot with us, do a shot with us," and I was like, "Well, I did just get this really cool bottle. Let me open it." So I had to fucking burn the wax off of it to open it. It was like a really nice. old bottle. It was like, and so like I did one shot with them, and then we were like chatting, and you know, one of the people were that we were talking to was streaming while we were on a three-way call. Which is then, perfect because then it means that, you know, if you get belligerent and drunk and say anything untowards, they're going to get in trouble, not you. Exactly. So we did a few shots. <laughs> it's like, fuck that guy. It's fine. Yeah, we did a few shots. Then I kind of, uh, you know, got a little buzz on and we hung up the call. And then I was like, I just had a nice buzz. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to fucking turn on the stream. Yeah. I turned on the stream, blasted a bunch of music for hours and hours. And I just like, you know, kept nailing back the bottle. So you do stream from home as well. On from like a PC setup, I'm assuming, as yeah. well as the IRL stuff, that's, which is obviously your mainstay. Yeah, that's more rare. The PC streaming is like if you know, like say I did. I've been doing a lot of travel lately. If I do like a crazy month of travel and I come home, and I'm like, I don't feel like doing IRL this week. Yeah, I'll do like a week of like PC streams or maybe a couple gaming streams. But I was going to say, when you do that, what games you play? 
Uh, I play Grand Theft Auto Roleplay right now. Okay. <laughs> Which is really kind of silly, but... It's great. I Roleplaying is fun. I like it. I tried mm-hmm. a bit of that. The only problem with it is it relies so much on your other performers. You know, the yeah. other people roleplaying. And nine times out of ten... It's a lot of edgelords and fuckboys just running around, you know, either shouting racist stuff or... No, no, this is... You got to go to white, whitelisted server. You have a servers. very closed server, right? Yeah, you go to a whitelisted server and nobody's out there doing racist stuff. It's just everybody kind of... You're also, though, I mean, like, you know, again, you're as good as your other performers. Like, I, I want to sort of backtrack a little bit before we get... I don't want to just talk about streaming because that's, yeah. you know, only one small facet of what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you've had, you know, a career and which is continuing and we'll get onto your new show soon, but... Talking uh, as, a, as, a, as an actor. Um, and also you had your own show on MTV, the Annie Milanaka show, which was kind of, now correct me if I'm wrong, because I had never seen it before because mm-hmm. I'm from the UK. So when it was on, on air, um, I didn't personally see it. But I knew it was akin to a, a jackass, but it was like kind of jackass of one guy mm-hmm. and also you kind of testing how silly you can be with, you know, with your family, with your, your, your people that you meet. How would, I don't how would know you describe it? I think Jackass like is kind of genius in a certain way, but I wouldn't really compare it to Jackass. It wasn't part I, of the same family of kind nah, of shock broadcasting. Not really. I mean, <clears throat> I did a couple pranks. I did some pranks, but all the pranks were not at the other people's expense. They were okay. at my own expense. They were at myself looking like a silly weirdo. Like okay. I, I kind of it's kind of so was of, it more of a reality show then? No, it was kind of like a. More like a sketch comedy show mixed with doses of reality, like man on the street, okay. kind of messing with strangers. Like we had like set written bits where we'd go up, like, you know, I'd go up and I'd say a couple of things to a stranger and we'd get like some funny responses and we'd, you know, we'd have like four hours of footage and we'd cut it into like a little bit. Have you ever seen a Impractical Jokers then? Is there yeah, a- I'm friends with a couple of those There's guys. A- yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. But, um. So it was like like absurd oddball sketch comedy mixed with a uh, man on the street and also like a prank element and then we also had a celebrity guest every episode. But okay. yeah, I mean, who was the kind of, nicest person you had on as a guest? Maybe Paul Wall. Yeah, he was a really really nice dude. Um, Still in contact? Uh, no, I haven't talked to him lately. Little John was really cool. Okay. I like how you say it, Little John, rather than Lil John. Yeah. You made him sound way more official. Lil John. This is yeah. the littlest little of John. Johns. Little John. I imagine that's how aye, he aye. makes uh, chop, he makes chop. people uh, kind of refer to him if they're not close friends. Like if you're a buddy, yeah, call me Little John. But if you're like not a friend, he'd be, he'd be like, I would prefer Mr. Little John. <laughs> Mr. Little John. <laughs> Mr. Little John. If I ever meet him, that's how I'm going to Yeah. He might punch myself. you, but that's cool. Really? You reckon? No, no. He's cool. You're like, good afternoon, Mr. Little John. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Call me Leo. Okay. Call me Leo. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that could be good. All right. So he was a nice guest. It's yeah. interesting though, because you, when you meet people, oh fuck it, let's talk about let's talk about big characters in in the rap game because you um you're very close friends, obviously, with Simon Rex, aka Dirt Nasty, and mm. Riff Raff. Uh, I feel like, and I mean, I think, I mean, you're. In yourself, you're uh, a character. You're a caricature mm-hmm. to some extent. Uh, outside of just you know personality-wise, aesthetic as well. You know, very colourful clothing, and you're wearing aviators and a camo mm-hmm. hoodie right now. Mm-hmm. Um, do you are you drawn to people whose day-to-day is perhaps uh, an extended caricature of a facet of their personality? No, not really, because. 
I, I enjoy them. They make me laugh and like, um, you know, I'm cool with that. But also I want to be able to sit on a couch with someone and have like a three hour conversation about life too. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to just have like, I don't want to hang around with like the Muppets. You know what I mean? Like I want to. I want to talk to like some like people we could get deep with. Talk about some. What about riffraff? Because I, I, I'm, I'm, I, as much as I would love to believe this is him, I, I find it very hard to imagine him kicking back on a couch in a pair of fucking slippers and you know jogging bottoms and just letting the cornrows out and being like, oh man, motherfucker, I just want to just sit down and relax and eat yeah. Pizza well, riffraff, riffraff is a very complicated person. I will say he is himself. He's not putting on a character. Yeah, but also well, all performers are in you know uh, uh, an enhanced version of themselves. Yeah, on stage, on shows, when they're doing interviews and yeah. stuff. Like that's 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 not you know. Yeah, he has a lot of depth. I mean, like we we talk about like some real shit. He you know he's not like talking about the universe like Stephen Hawking, but like. Um, there's definitely some like cool depth. If he to was him. talking about the universe like Stephen Hawking, that'd be kind of rude. Yeah, if he was, <laughs> if he was imitating Stephen Hawking. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, although I would pay money to watch that. Yeah. He has no. Nah, he has some depth. Um, people who are always on, like yeah, I mean, there are a lot of characters who are just always on, yeah. always in character mode, and that's tiring. Yeah, you know what I mean, and you it's know you hang out you hang out with a lot of comedians. Some comedians are just completely like chill human beings when they're not on stage, and yeah. some are just like every single thing is a fucking punchline. Ray, you know Ray, I mean? Ray Romano is uh, an incredibly sweet, chill, nice guy off stage. Very fucking calm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Rock, same. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's other comics that I won't name because I don't want to upset or insult anyone. But oh, uh, do it! Just no, I'm just uh, oh no, I've 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 called out enough people, but I'm you know I'm not like a, I'm, I'm, I have no I don't care enough. Do yeah, you know what yeah. I mean I don't, certainly don't want to upset people. But there's definitely comics when you sit around a table, where it's like ah oh, fucking drop the drop the egg. especially the co- comedians table vibe. You sit mm-hmm. around and everyone's trying to outdo each other and bam bam yeah. bam bam. And, it's like, and there's a there's a time and place for riffing too. Yeah. Like you know, it's especially cool. in it's the comedy cool. club. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah it's it cool to like have beers and riff with people. But yeah. when you're just like, you know, having a normal conversation and it's just like everything's a punchline. Sometimes I'm like, you know, sitting around the table or maybe the comedy set. I'm like, I really just wish Louis C.K. would put his dick away and stop jerking it in the corner. I mean, I wish he would never put it away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you could maybe tour with him. He needs a new opener. I heard he's like he's struggling to find openers at the moment. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not. Really I sure. wonder if now maybe now's the time to hit him up. And be like, listen, <laughs> when I think something's been great for you lately, <laughs> but uh, I feel like we I could help you out. I really like that guy. He's cool. He's an I, incredibly, I don't know him, but... incredibly funny guy. He's not. I don't like him. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. like in on a one to one basis, he's kind of he treated me like a like a. I felt like he was uh, like a girl, uh, like a hot girl that I couldn't work out whether she liked me or not. Really? First time we met, we performed in the same, same show at one of the Comedy Cellar venues at around the corner at Village Underground. He came, I came off stage and he was waiting to go on and he went, it was a great set, man. And I, f- coming from my hero, the reason I'm in America is yeah. because of him, because mm-hmm. I saw his TV show, Louis, and decided I'd try and go down to the venue and then I ended up meeting the booker. Jimmy Carr was on that night, he introduced me. And so I ended up getting sponsored to go to America because of them. Mm-hmm. But it was Louis C.K. that led me to that place. 
and meeting your hero and him going, hey, you were really great. I was like, oh, fucking, uh, like I yeah. pretty much just held back from jizzing in my own pants. You almost went to a hotel room and took your pants down and jerked off Dude, in front I of a just, bunch of girls. I Louis C.K. did. I just <laughs> stood at the back of the room when he was out and just fucking furiously cracked one out. No, I got really excited. Mm-hmm. And then in the split second after that, he comes off stage and we're both going around the corner to do a show, literally around the corner at the, mm-hmm. at the cellar. And I was like, oh, you got, you got another spot in the center? He's like, yeah. And I went, oh, I walk around with you. And this is very much the guy who's just a few minutes ago going, hey, great set, man. I really enjoyed that. And I'm walking around. I'm going, oh, so, you know, how was New York? You know, whatever. I wasn't being weird shit because, yeah. you know, I've met enough celebrities or people that I admire to mm-hmm. know how to behave and not, you know. I remember that they just, they shit and eat and cry like anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like trying to have like small talk conversation on the walk around the corner and he was just like weird shit and was just like staring at his phone and like every now I was like so after about three sentences I was like alright Louis yeah. take care and just like walked ahead but it was fucking awkward <clears throat> he was like a hot and cold girlfriend yeah but also you can't you can't look into everything you know what I mean like because uh, yes I've, I can I'm an overly sensitive character but yeah but that's I'm British that's, but, but European that's we a mistake death. come on you're Greek bloody that's you a mistake a it's a mistake to look into shit like that because okay. you gotta really understand that every human being is going through something completely different than you and the way they saw it in their eyes, in their like reality tunnel, he could subjective. he could have been nervous. He could have gotten a text. He didn't oh, he's like. very awkward. Yeah, he's yeah. There, very there's awkward, so yeah. many things that go on in other people's brains that like when we look into that and and say like, oh well, that person gave me the cold shoulder. They said this. That was. It's weird. a very loaded that. moment. It's a very loaded moment. It meeting is. someone you admire and then potentially don't give you the response you're hoping for. Yeah. But he was also he's hot and cold in general. As the much as you night, read into that being like giving you the cold shoulder. You could also read into a possibility of a hundred different situations course, that he could have been course. going through. And I feel like Hey, that's... don't worry. I'm not going like, Louis C.K. is clearly a piece of no, shit. No, I know, I know. I'm just talking about like philosophy go, now. Jeff, you know you what I mean? Jeff, we be best friends? Can we yeah. swap numbers and hang out this yeah, weekend yeah, yeah. and have Sunday lunch? No, I know. I'm just talking about like the philosophy behind that now. Yeah. Because I feel like it's, a, it's an important lesson I've learned that like when you have a back and forth with people whether it's like a girl you like a, you know someone you're you know uh you know one like a legend that you're like oh my god i can't wait to meet this guy um instead of like feeling shot down from people i'm like okay i don't know what's Something's going on in going my mind on there's so there's so many possibilities absolutely and one of the those possibilities is because he didn't like you. One of the possibilities but, but, is also that he was like incredibly attracted to me. Yeah, it's and true. And it was off-putting. It was kind of it's weird true, to feel those first inklings of you know homosexuality towards yeah, a yeah. six foot four British guy. Yeah. Who realistically? Here's the other thing: is I I take what you're saying into account, yeah. and also I'm completely in agreement with it. I already I already I feel like I understand that. Mm-hmm. I also understand that if I could describe or create an aesthetic picture of the kind of comedian that Louis C.K. would not want to be friends with off stage. Mm-hmm. I'm it. Yeah. Bear in mind, this is like a 50-year-old, you know, sort of old, balling, g- like like ginger curmudgeon who fucking talks about hating other men and blah, 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 and yeah. just wanting to jerk off in front of 21-year-old girls, but they don't want him and blah, blah, yeah. blah. Like, I'm absolutely the skinny jean-wearing, poncy, flamboyant British comedian that he would fucking hate. <laughs> I get it. I get it. But then the next night, he was so hot again. He was just like, hey, man, hey, Jeff. Remember yeah. my name? And hey, Jeff, and shook my hand before we went on stage. And the night that after that... That shows that it probably wasn't you. Ignored me again. I was like, hey, Louis. And he was like, 
I was like, oh yeah. man, you got some shit. Yeah. yeah. But um, have you ever met any of your heroes and and found you know had a had a strange experience? Because you you've you met. I mean, you've had involvement and you've actually sung. You were, sorry, you performed with or you were involved in one of their singles with like Snoop Dogg. I know you have a. Yeah, I've hung out with Snoop a lot. He's like a really. You did a show chill, with him as well, cool. didn't you? You were involved. We did in a show mo- with him? I did a movie with him. A movie. Sorry. Yeah. Um. He seems like he's he's cool as fuck though. He's That's, very very chill. He's also really really funny. He's also um, really really fucking stoned all the time. And so he, no, like, he's he's only smoked weed twice in his life. Today. <laughs> today. Um. Another another rapper that I met that was like one of the most legendary moments. Um, I was at a dinner in Beverly Hills, and you know I had like a whole table of MTV people. It was around the time of my show. Okay. I get tapped on the shoulder. The most shy, like apologetic, like, "Hey, Andy, I I don't want to interrupt you at dinner." Hang but- on, wait, wait. Describe, do the voice that they do so I can try and I, guess I it before. No, 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 I can't, I can't. Okay, so it's definitely wanna... a black rapper because you don't want to impersonate the voice. Okay. Yeah, yeah. no, Do- just because I'm not good at imp- impression. Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre. Yes, I knew it. I Got knew it, you'd right be away. polite. He was like, I don't want to bother you at dinner. It's Dre, it's Dre. He and wasn't, I'm like, he was like, listen up, man. I don't want to bother you at dinner. What's up, motherfucker? I like your <laughs> shit, Andy. <laughs> I don't know if Dre really talks like that. He talks exactly like that. <laughs> I can confirm it. Um, I used to be a Dr. Dre impersonator for many, many years. <laughs> so, uh, when you get to meet your hero, but they come up to you, that's, that's nice. pretty awesome. When he touched your shoulder, was it like a strong grip? Was it like a little tap? Was it a soft caress? Do you remember? Mm, I couldn't remember. All I could think about is the moment. blood rushing through my penis. <laughs> um, no. So, he didn't grab your shoulder at all. Yeah, he just he just tapped my shoulder and like I was just like. This is what how I'm going to edit this down. On? Is that so? Doctor Dre came up and grabbed your penis. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Whispered in your ear. Hey, Andy, what's up, motherfucker? Hey, what's up? Surprise, motherfucker. You want to be a honky with an attitude? Oh, there we go. How, uh, how was that then? So, what did he say? Well, he just uh, told me that one of his sons was a really big fan of mine, and he wanted me to call him for him. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I called his son. And the whole time I was like, your dad's a legend, your dad's a legend. He's like, I love you, man, I love your show. I'm like, your dad's a legend. Um, and, uh, yeah, I got a picture with him, and I don't know. I mean, yeah, I've gotten to meet a lot of people. Uh, there's definitely a lot of actors that I'm like, I, I kind of, I'm like, I, this is actually a living, breathing human being. Like, I can't believe they're so fucking, you know, not self-aware. <laughs> they're like so, but um, I've so met Patrick a lot of Patrick cool Stewart people. is like that for me. Really? One of the most down-to-earth, sweet, self-deprecating. Maybe it's a very British thing mm-hmm. to be self-deprecating. Like, you know, you have to be confident in your talent and your abilities. We all are Brits, especially actors, but also just horrendously self-loathing and, like, mm-hmm. you know, understanding of how fucking pathetic we are. Um, Ice tea made me feel like Dre made you feel. Really? At TwitchCon, yeah. He made you erect. <laughs> he made me so rigid. It was uh-huh. ridiculous. No, but he... And he um, he, uh, he, at a certain point, we were talking about TV shows and gaming ideas and things like that. And he was like, we'll, ju- we'll just take my number, take my number and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, I don't, I mean, and say, so give me his number. And I've, I've texted him once and I'm terrified to ever text him again. Did you text him a dick pic? It was a dick pic. <laughs> In fact, I was actually wearing a dress. I was just like, you like what you see? Um, no, I, I, I texted him about a show me. I did and he, and he was like, that sounds great. Like, send me a pitch. And he gave it, he likes thumbs up emojis. Mm-hmm. That's Ice-T's thing. Okay. He's down with the kids. He's down with the youth. Don't be fooled by all that OG business. <laughs> he's, a, he's a YG. 
young god. Young god. He's a young <laughs> god OG. Yeah. But he's uh, he. It's kind of terrifying because it's like, I know you're just a guy making music and just working like every other performer yeah, out yeah. in the world. But you're also like, I grew up listening to your music. Yeah, it's way. hard not to put the pussy on the pedestal. There you go. And what a fine pussy it is. Yeah. Um, how did you get into music of that nature? You're a, you're a, well, you're, you're Greek. Wait, wait, hang on a second. Let, let me backtrack. Before we get into music, let me talk about your, your heritage, right? So, I mean, Milanakis, you're, you're Greek-blooded, right? My dad was Cypriot. born and raised in Greece. In Greece, all right, not Cypriot. So my I'm mom, not going to get in trouble. No, my mom's like Irish and Italian, but further removed, you know? Okay. So, um... You still feel tied to that culture in any way, shape, or form? I just got a tattoo. I told I you. I saw that. that was, yeah, yeah. That you was, sent me a photo. It was a That was about tattoo. the Minoan, one of the earliest civilizations in the world that happened to, you know, be from the island of Crete, which is where my dad's from. I'm like a super proud Greek, and yes, I'm not 100%. Okay. That's like but, me in Romanian. I'm, I'm Macedonian-Romanian. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of the heritage. I really love it. I love the people. Um, How often do you visit? I've been there probably like 13 or 14 times. Okay. I've been there a lot. I just was there like a year ago. Uh, family still living there as well? My, my whole family on my dad's side, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I, I love the island. It's like a beautiful island. Some of the best beaches. Um, and I feel like I won the lottery in that sense because you could be from anywhere. You never, you don't get to pick that. And and my father's from this like magical island. It's the biggest island in all of Greece. Yeah. Um, there are, you know, when people talk about vacations, they talk about like Santorini and the smaller islands. Yeah, yeah. But those are Mykonos super, and fucking all that they're shit. They're super touristy yeah, and they're yeah. super small. But when you go to Crete, it's the biggest island. So there's a lot of culture, you know, a lot of people, you know, that actually live there. Yeah. Uh, and you get a really good sense of the culture. And I just love it, man. You want to know my favorite about. holiday of all time? I mean, you, don't, you might not want to. I'm going to tell I you do. anyway. It was a Greek island, one of the free camping islands. So, mm-hmm. you know, like young Greek kids mm-hmm. uh, from about, well, from the age of 18 up until, you know, their late 30s, mm-hmm. they always go to these free camping islands. So there's no police. There's like one or two tavernas on the island. 150 mm-hmm. people live there year round. And I took a boat called the Skopolitis from Amorgos. We, mm-hmm. we went to Am- Amorgos and then we got on a Skopolitis, which is this legendary boat captained by this guy who's like fucked up on Raki. He's the only guy who delivers medicine and water to the islands because they don't have fresh water so he has to like take water over and he has like medicine fresh water on his boat in fucking crazy storms this guy's always drunk and he's like a legend of the seas That's his awesome. boat like almost touches the water it goes like all the way to the side and we get on this boat and we go to an island called Denusa mm-hmm. best fucking holiday I've ever had in my entire life That's a, amazing. felt like a holiday you First gotta go time. back to Greece oh dude I'm gonna go to this island again I had sex mm-hmm. with two beautiful Greek girls on the fucking beach not at the same time that would have been even more <laughs> but and we went up and we had a meal for me and my 10 friends you know plus these two girls that joined us it was like sort of 12, 12 of us together or 13 including me and at the end of the meal I was like I'm gonna sneak off and do the you know, big baller fucking moment and just buy the meal for everyone and all the drinks. Like, mm-hmm. Bear in mind, three courses, fucking, we were all hammered. We had a great time. And I went out and they were like, they're like, oh yeah, it's like, a, it's a 115 euros or something like that. Or 110 euros. Well, yeah. It. So it's like, it's less than 10 euros a head. Yeah, yeah. For the best meal I've ever had. Plus we're all fucked up. The food is so good in Greece. Bro, it was incredible. The beaches, the like, it looked way like of a life. Po- the postcard that everyone sees. Mm-hmm. And no one ever truly finds because there's normally a, a fucking Starbucks behind or there's a half-built condo there. 
this one looked like it. So there's, there's two, yeah, there's two sections that I go to in Crete. One of them is in Hanya, which is like the port, and there's like tons of people. There's tons of like clubs and everything, civilization. You speak Greek? Uh, enough to get by. Okay. And then and then you go up into the mountains, and it's like the Flintstones. The population on each village is like seven. Yeah. They're like drying their clothes uh, on a line. Yeah. There's a, still an outhouse. My aunt has like chickens and, gar- and gardens and everything they eat. They either pick or kill that day. Yeah. Um, and I've been going there since I was like seven years old. And just something as simple as like going to an almond tree, hitting it with a stick, getting a whole big bag of like almonds covered in the, you know, the green furry skin, peeling each one, cracking each one with a rock, and then like having a little pile of almonds to dip in honey. Yeah. You learn a great appreciation of life and food and just like, you just don't learn that in America. You also have, well, I was going to say, you see, it appears that you have a cultural appreciation that most Sorry to say, America, and like all my American listeners who are who are tuning into this, I love you. You know I do, but I love people having some kind of uh, identif- identifiable culture other than American culture, which yeah. really is no history whatsoever. It's a couple of hundred years of history. A lot of people aren't that exists. lucky, though. Like I, I feel like very lucky because well, it's expensive to fly back to the home country for a start to see family out there. That is that is know? true, and. Um, I like to give back now, like because my father brought me there a bunch. Now, like I'm trying to, you know, buy his tickets. Like yeah, I, yeah. I like, and he's a, you know, he's a crazy Greek. He's like too proud for it. So I have to like get. Listen, bloody info. hell, Andy. What is the problem like, for you? Andy, I don't need. Uh, he's like, I don't need this ticket. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I don't need. It. Yeah, like, but so yeah, yeah, I try to like hook him up now. Um, okay, you can't do this to me. Okay, you buy it, and I'm like, I try to buy him a business class ticket, and yeah. he's like. He's like wasting your money. Andy, why are you fucking wasting your money? Why are you wasting your this money? This is bloody bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> you have to listen to me. I love Greeks, man. I got my, my uncle, so my, my family's Macedonian, technically, uh-huh. and uh, we're from Veria, which is now part of Greece. That's, that's oh, like nice. that's our old hometown. But again, same thing. Old ladies cooking up food. They call it like fucking slitting goats' throats. Spending three hours on oh, lunch. Holy Easy. shit. Three hours, dude. They start lunch two days in advance. Yeah, some of, sometimes. It still has been cooking for three days. It's going to be fucking perfect. Oh, my God. Last time, I, last couple times I went to Greece, I like cooked with my, my aunt and I wrote everything she was doing down. Nice. Because so, there's not a lot of good Greek food in LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I learned how to like cook like a lot of like my favorite dishes just nice. from her. And uh, I made some, I, I actually, I took Twitch, so I took t- my Twitch stream there, and before that, before I was doing Twitch IRL, I did a YouTube series of me traveling around the world, like, eating dope shit, and then, um, and that was cool to, like, make videos with my aunt, and, um, and then I took my Twitch stream there, even down on the main part of the island where there's, like, most life, no I had fucking internet I had really bad reception. Yeah. Way, way up in the mountains, village, population seven, in this one village that where my where my family's house is. Perfect. Perfect reception. <laughs> so I was just streaming. It's a fucking it's a, The Illuminati, dude. They're yeah. fucking us up. This is what's going that, on. There just happened to be a cell phone tower right in my village. Love that. And I fucking I was so happy and I was so surprised that I got to stream yeah. while I was there. I felt like it was a no man's land. I got to stream me and my aunt cooking. Drink. We were drinking moonshine. I got to show everybody like the cool mountain views. I like the idea that you've got this like beautiful rural setting, and your old aunties they're like, "Auntie, we want to make delicious you know food today, some <laughs> sticky." And he's going, "But we have five G just down the road. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. 
But she knows that shit. She's, then, on, um, she's fucking streaming movies. She's what she's feeding everything on Utah right now. <laughs> exactly. And then um, right down the street with little Cafaneo. Yeah. Um, the lady who actually serves you food, who's pregnant also. Yeah. Pl- is like playing music later at night. I IRL screamed it. I had some euros in my pocket, and my whole chat was like tipping her the whole night. And every time they tipped her, it got up to like 50 euros. I would walk up and hand her another 50 for her and her band. Nice. And they were so perplexed. And also, that's a lot and of money. And she was like, listen, I'm naming the baby after you. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but it was really cool to like bring, you know, and it kind of sucks too to like, you know, technology kind of ruins shit. But it was kind of like special to like, you know, I don't know if she was making 20 euros for that whole day to like be able to like throw some cash from my Twitch chat. Dude, it it's just, much appreciated. Yeah, that's cool. It's much appreciated. And I think it like, <clears throat> see, that's a beautiful part of IRL streaming. Something like that. Taking taking your audience to somewhere that might be completely alien to them, which for a lot of Americans who don't even own passports to be able to leave the country. Yeah. Know, and a lot of them don't even leave their state, you know. Mm-hmm. And also I'm assuming uh, viewers, because the, the platform, at least on Twitch, is is predominantly young. It's predominantly like sort of you know ten, eleven to eighteen year olds. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of give them a taste of something they would never other experience, never mm-hmm. otherwise experience. But then there's another there's another flip side to that, which is, um, you know, the content that you're doing now with with IRL streams. You get a lot of fucking stream snipers. A lot mm-hmm. of people. I was watching some videos which we talked about, you know, on the wander down to the shops that that you know there was a. Uh, a kid who comes up and wants a photo with you, you know, all being very nice and seems quite genuine, like, hey, can I get a photo? And like, oh. And then immediately after that, just insults you. It makes an yeah. aesthetic comment uh, about the way you look. And it's just fucking rude. And, it's, uh, and, and you called him on it, mm-hmm. which I'm glad about. I call everybody on it. <laughs> which is good, which is good. You have to kind of point out when someone's just being an asshole for the sake of it. But do you think we've created... And I'm, I'm talking about this in terms of content creators, the likes of your Logan Pauls on YouTube, you know, uh, streamers who are doing IRL content like yourself, like Ice, um, that, that almost has to be shocking to be entertaining to a young audience. Do you think now there's a generation of young people watching this kind of content who kind of have no, zero fucks given for the feelings or... Um, yeah, no moral compass. No, that's a much better way to describe than I was going to say. No moral <laughs> yeah. compass. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, and everybody's different. You know what I mean? Some some people do have a moral compass. Um, but yeah, even from like way before streaming, the internet and being anonymous and being able to like, you know, either be a bastard just because you, you hate yourself or because you think it's funny. Um I mean, like, world star hip-hop is a perfect fucking example of this. Mm-hmm. You know, 90% of the videos now are people having fucking fights. You've yeah, got, yeah. You've got kids beating the shit out of each other. Instead of, like, <laughs> running in and being like, whoa, fucking calm down, bro. Just chill. Everyone's like, what's up? Filming it. And filming it. And laughing at it. Yeah, a lot of people hate the idiocracy comparison. But I think, in a lot of ways, you know, when you see, like, even Donald from... Donald Trump is president. We're headed that way, right? Yeah, yeah. Like... Donald Trump or, or Jer- you know, even, like, from Jerry Springer. Yeah. And that was a while ago. Jerry Springer was a while ago. Yeah. But when you saw that, like, trash, and it was like, let's watch this train wreck. Um, Twitter.com slash train wreck TV. No. Um, that's a streamer that I'm friends with. Um, when you see this train wreck, and, and, like, I get it. I understand why it's like, you know, we have something inside us as humans to, like, you know, you see an accident, you have to look. It's like. But how do you feel when I see things? Because when I see an accident on the street. 
I'm drawn to, can I help? How can I save, doesn't someone need saving? I have a hero complex that kicks yeah, yeah. into gear. I don't go, whoa, I hope I see something dead and then I can oh, show yeah. it to my friends. No, like, it's, that's, no, that's horrible. It's horrible. Do you know what I mean though? But that, yeah, people are conditioned to that now. They're growing up with the internet and they're being raised. Desensitized. You know, yeah, desensitized and they're being raised by shitty people. Or children. Who don't have, children raising children. Who yeah. don't have morals. Um, and that's that's also bad parenting. It's your job as a parent to realize all this shit is out there. Like, you know, put away the iPad or like, let me censor what you look. You know, you look at, you're, you're nine years old. Or beat the shit out of your kids when they're acting like arseholes. <laughs> that's why I'm, I'm, I'm trying to bring it back. I want to start a charity. Hashtag beat your kids. That's going to be my hashtag. <laughs> wow. No, but we want, don't, don't let your kid grow up into the kind of kid who's going to go and fucking sexually assault a woman and end up as a hashtag me too statistic. Don't let your kids grow up, you know, fucking making videos and beating the shit out of someone that's going to end up hip hop video, uh, on World Star Hip Hop. But who are the parents though? beat your kids. What are the morals though? What are the parents? fucking awesome. But what are the parents' morals though? Well, this one thing is, I think they're, they're children. Like that's the problem is we had a whole generation. This can this all ties into economy and politics. Yeah. That you eventually have a young generation of very young parents because they have no kind of sense of how they can have any kind of existence without being a parent because it's like actually to have a child means you actually get some form of uh, support from a government that gives yeah. zero fucks about the populace of that country anyway. So you get young parents raising children when they haven't even developed a moral compass or life experience themselves. Yeah, I just made an Instagram video because I posted a picture of like, you know, I got new glass. I posted of a picture. you being a child. I posted a picture of myself. Don't ignore it, Andy. Someone <laughs> needs to do it. I, I heard you got a, a pretty pic- strong pimp strand. I posted, pimp uh, uh, <laughs> okay, go, go. I posted a picture of myself wearing, you know, new glasses. And of course, I'm going to get some mean comments. And then I look at some of the comments and I saw one of the guy's profile and he's holding like his like two-year-old daughter. So I had to make a video. I'm like, a guy who's holding his daughter is going to take the time out of his day to diss my looks and to say mean shit about me. Are you that fucking blind? When your daughter turns 16 and she has her own Instagram and people are like, look at this ugly, stupid slut. How are you going to feel about that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like how fucked up can you be to be, to raise kids and you're so fucking far gone that you are taking your time out of day to insult someone. Did he give, give a response? Um, I don't know. I, I don't honestly, I don't even fucking know. I don't read it. Like I, I, I posted a video. It was like a general video, but it was like, it was about that guy specifically. That's the same like, as area chat on any video game I've ever played though. You yeah. turn it on. There's always some kid. And in fact, I say kid. This is the, the more depressing thing is I'll hear a voice that sounds at least in their 20s mm-hmm. shouting the N-word over and over again, you know, just yeah. being a fuckboy. And I'm like, what that person needs is to be out and about and be talking to their friends and use that word and be an earshot of a giant black dude. Yeah. And either that black dude needs to beat the living shit out of them or go over and scare the fuck out and go, why would you say that? Like, why would you do that? Like, that make requires feel- that person to leave the house, though. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There you go. I mean, this is this is the problem, though, is that that paints a picture. You know, there's a whole argument right now, especially after these school shootings and the latest one with those 17, you know, 17 deaths. Fucking crazy. I mean, there's been, I think now the statistic is at around 22 school shootings this year alone. And we're, what, in February? Um, insane. It's insane. It is insane. It's fucking lunacy. But, you know, uh, 
Republican politicians want to come out and go, well, the reason for this is video games and violent movies and blah, blah which is obviously a fucking, you know. It's a, from Mario Brothers. It's fucking ridiculous. It's Mario Brothers. That was yeah. it. The Goombas. The pain of the Goombas. The Goombas. Um, but that kind of ridiculous argument comes out of an idea that they, they assume that most people are like this. Now, when I go into AeroChat, there's always someone who's shouting racist shit. But I would like to think for every one person who's doing that, there's hopefully another 90 or so in that era chat who are like, oh, what a fucking idiot. And they yeah. have to mute that chat. Um, I, wor- I wonder, do you think society is a majority of fucking idiots and, you know, uh, culturally devoid, uneducated, mean-spirited, you know, people with, with zero moral compass? Or hopefully is that still a minority, but they just, they, they're the ones who take the airtime? I think it's, I think it's still maybe a minority, but it depends on the age range. You know, under 21, I think, yeah, most people are kind of fucked up. Not to the extreme of being edgelords and shouting the N-word and stuff like that. That's kind of still extreme, I think. I don't think that's like, yeah, like 9 out of 10 people who are under 21, you know, do that. Go on the internet and do that. You know, I I think that's an extreme example. But I do think... Uh, the younger generation, you know, has this weird thing where it's like, it's funny, it's okay to just like be a complete asshole and you don't have any repercussions because you're on the internet and you're yeah. anonymous. And it's just... Anonymity. It's, it's kind of gross. That's it's, the thing, man. We should yeah. all have to have our face <laughs> publicly posted. I love the... I, I, I'm, I'm a big supporter of freedom of speech. I think it's one of the most important things, especially as a comedian, as a performer. Mm-hmm. We have to be able to say things and make jokes about the most awful and sad and upsetting and emotionally involved facets of life because laughter actually helps heal in a huge, big way. Mm-hmm. And also, we've got to test people's perceptions. However, whenever I make a joke on stage, I'm accountable for it. Yeah. There's no accountability for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, I I think there should be more, like, you know, websites and, you know, video chats and stuff like that, that you do have to, like, you know, show your face. Like, be like, all right, well, let me do the math. If I get insulted, you know, a thousand times in a day on the internet, and I walk around the street, yeah, there are the those extreme situations of that guy, um, but if it's, like, two people in the last six months has said something bad about me in person, but 20,000 have on the internet. Show me where, show me what's wrong with, with, uh, you know, these anonymous comments. Show me what's wrong with the people behind the anonymous comments. Who are they? Are they happy? Are they successful? Oh, no one's ever happy who's like in, incessantly mean about other people. Yeah. It's, it's just, a projection. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, and also let's, let's not, you know, forget to mention, are you a coward? Would you do that in real life? Yeah. And I would say 99 out of 100 times, no, they wouldn't do it not. in real life. So it's no. like, it's also about like, now you have to deal with it. There's no changing it. So you just have to have a thick skin about it. And you're like, a lot of Twitch streamers are super depressed with their chat roasting them and stuff. And it's not always the fun, f- most fun thing to get roasted by How your How much blame chat. do you think that is laid on the streamer there though? Because... I think it's very possible to create a pretty, even a large community, which is revolved around positive thought or at least an upbeat nature. You know, I know there's a huge amount of difference between your chat, for instance, 
and um, and other streamers chats like Mitch Jones of the world or mm-hmm. you know there's of course there's going to be the some streamer level of- t- yeah the the streamer should be at fault you know they should take a lot of the fault but Twitch well they have some responsibility in, in curating an audience absolutely right? and you know what um, if you say well I can't because Twitch chat is toxic no matter what just get rid of those people. Do you want to, like, sacrifice viewers for it? Because me, yes. I get rid of tons of people. Yeah. Because, I, to me, I would rather have a couple thousand people watching me than 10,000 if my chat He's just nice. was complete, like, AIDS. And it was just, like, scrolling, 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 copy-paste memes and negative thoughts. I wouldn't stream then because yeah. I want to have a fun back and forth with my chat. So I do think... Let me ask you, why do you stream and why did you start? I started because I was a fan of Twitch. I played a couple games here and there on it. Like I would sometimes I wouldn't stream for like four months in a row. Yeah. I didn't have a sub button. I didn't have a donate button. I just I just was. Is it like, like a business decision? Because you, I think if you have a profile the size that you do for all your other accomplishments and you know accolades, yeah, you're immediately gonna have an audience when you go to something like that, a platform like that. But I really it's didn't like, though. I really didn't. When I started playing games, I didn't have a big audience at all, and I didn't. I didn't do it as a business thing. I did it because I was like, "Oh, this is cool." I saw PS4 had a share button, yeah, and I was like, "Oh, what's this Twitch? Oh, people go watch you play video games. That's yeah. cool." And then I started playing that. I had a small audience. Everybody instantly roasted me, and they're like, "Why are you playing consoles on Twitch?" I'm like, "Oh, do I need a PC?" And they're like, "Yeah." I'm like, "All right, let me just buy a PC." So I did that for like a year on and off just because I thought it was fun and I was a fan and I started watching other people. Um, And then when the IRL stuff started popping off, I was like, all right, I'm already starting to make friends with a lot of people in the community. I'm already a fan of it. Now there's a section that I think I could actually be you know, pretty decent at and like maybe get some real viewers and like and I mean, it's blown excel up. at IRL is, you know, one of the most huge things across, um, certainly across that platform. But yeah, so I never thought I could turn it into like some big money making thing. But then when I started seeing the potential, there's definitely a part of it that's about money. Yeah, for sure. But I, I, I don't think I would have just like been like, oh yeah, like, oh, IRL, like I'm going to make so much money. You know, I just... When I started seeing uh, the change in numbers and seeing like, and starting to make money off well, of it. You see a return and then you go, all right, well, there's more of, I'm willing to put more of an emotional and creative investment into this. Yeah, thing. and put more time into it and more effort into it. Um, but yeah, without the IRL section, I wouldn't be a full-time streamer. I, I wouldn't be doing it. I, do you I ever like think, because obviously, you know, you make music, you do movies, TV shows, you know, I'm assuming you're writing. You say, it says comedian on your Wikipedia, but I actually don't know. Do you do live stand-up as well? No. Okay, so been... it's more comedian, performer, and writer. Yeah. I did um, improv for a few years with Upright Citizens Brigade. Okay. But I tried stand-up a couple times. That wasn't really my thing. Not for you. Um, nah. But what's, do you ever, um, I, I think maybe there's a common place worry of a lot of streamers uh or people who stream on various you know platforms like that is fuck me it takes so much energy work concentration time what other things could i be doing with that time and energy whilst it's got a good return for you does it do you ever do you ever not regret but do you ever um almost what's the right word do you ever look at your stream and go I love doing this, but actually, if I wasn't doing this, would I be developing those other projects further? I definitely think about that 
a lot. It's it's actually the number one struggle I have with streaming is thinking about what I could be doing with my time. And I had this discussion last night with one of my friends. And he's like, well, you're doing something cool. This is a new wave. And I'm like, but listen, there are streams that I have that feel good that I, you know, can do some like funny shit where I feel like, you know, creatively satisfied. But a lot of it is like when I'm walking around and people are asking to take pictures and do like that, I'm like, I didn't do anything of value today. I made money, but I don't feel like fulfilled at all. So I definitely struggle with that a lot. Um, and could you build those IRL streams more into the projects you want to do? For instance, the music you're doing, which I do want to talk about more before we finish well, up. But yeah, I basically maybe a studio session I did a, day IRL whilst well, you're in there. Yeah, I did that. I actually basically okay. was like, all right, let me try to do more creative stuff and stream it. So I did Hawaiian a Hawaiian shirt shopping day with Riff Raff <laughs> exactly. IRL stream. So I did um, I did a studio stream where I was making music. I also did a couple streams that were like kind of a little bit reminiscent of my old show because I was like, I'm not satisfied creatively. Mm-hmm. So I rented out a ghetto hotel room and I just did really oddball, insane shit for three hours. Okay. And, you know, people were really scared and like, I was like fake crying and like people thought I was like really depressed and like, and that was kind of like more of a performance. And that's a good way that I can't do it every day because it would be played out, but that's a good way where I could actually be like, all right, well, I could stream and kind of put out creative creativity too, but I definitely struggle with that a lot. About like, if I just spent a month, it's so all encompassing. Yeah, it's yeah. such a weird. This is why I think so many YouTubers and Twitch broadcasters and broadcasters on other platforms burn out. Yeah, because it takes over every facet. Of and your you life. can't just stream once a week if you want to be successful. Absolutely not. No, people want. We're greedy. Oh, in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm not greedy. Although maybe I am. Fuck it. Actually, when I get a Netflix series and I'm like, ooh, and I watch an episode, yeah. that's it. I stay up and I watch the 12 episodes mm-hmm. back to back to back to back until four in the fucking morning. I'm like, why did I do that? Yeah. But you binge. We binge on content now. There's too much content. Mm-hmm. Our dopamine levels are fucked up. Yeah. As a, as a, as a populace. And that's... As my friend said, hedonistic uh, treadmill. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good phrase. I like that. A hedonistic treadmill that we're constantly running on and we need these little dopamine bursts every fucking that's what social media is looking at oh, someone like my post oh look, i got yeah. new followers oh someone sent me a message oh i got a match on tinder it's just like duh, 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 feel good all the time otherwise you're gonna feel miserable mm-hmm. i remember back in the day when you just used to go into the fucking street and arrange to meet your friends at six and you had to be there at six because no one had a fucking cell phone and then you meet with your buddies and smoke a little weed, eat some chicken wings, and play some Risk for three days in a row. That sounds fun. That was fucking Minus the awesome, risk. man. What? <laughs> How dare you? Risk is awesome. Listen, I did want to talk about the music a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you end up becoming friends? Simon Rex, I'm assuming, it was through your MTV connections. I no, don't know if no. That, no. Okay. How did you end up becoming friends with Simon and also with Riff Raff? Okay, Simon... Um, I knew this. Do you know who Jordan Rubin is? I don't know. Okay, he's a he's a writer. He writes shows and movies, and he does he does stand up also. Okay. He um, I met him at like I think maybe like the Jimmy Kimmel green room or something, and he was like, "Yo, I have a friend who does like some similar like comedy rap. You should meet him." And he just brought me to his house, and just instantly we're like you know the Start first making out just yeah fucking we fucked each other in the in the face um yeah uh made love please yeah. made love <laughs> we made love and that day we made like a little freestyle like song and then we just became like instant friends and we started doing working together riffraff was a different story riffraff 
did something like this old rapper Mike Jones did where he leaked his number on a video. Like, yo, everybody who wants to call me, this is my number. And Simon was a fan. He got put on through someone else. He called him up. I had my video camera. I was doing some YouTube videos at the time. We met up with Riff. I was videotaping the whole thing. We went to a dispensary. We got a little weed, hung out. And then, you know, we didn't start really working together a lot right away. But, you know, we kind of our friendship built a little bit. And then we decided to do a rap group together. Nice. Yeah. And that was the birth of it. That was the birth of it, yeah. And now, I mean, you're going to have a new show as well. You've got a TBS sitcom. Well, it's not a sitcom. It's like a scripted comedy show. It's scripted comedy, okay. But it also... I've just been reading the news releases. That's what they said, sitcom. Which, actually, I was surprised. I assumed it was going to be... Is there a news release on it? Well, there was definitely an online article about TBS of, you know, commissioned a pilot pilot for a a new TBS sitcom, is what they called it. Oh, okay. Which I thought, I assumed at first, I was thinking, all right, three big characters like that. Mm Mm-hmm. It's most likely to be some kind of loosely scripted reality show. That's what I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's a scripted no, comedy no. show. Yeah, it's like a scripted comedy show. But yeah, we'll see. We, I can't really talk too much about it because it's still in... Uh, we just did the pilot and we have like... Uh, Is it uh, the story of these three characters becoming the group and, and trying to... It's not Without becoming... giving anything away that you're not allowed to. Yeah, yeah. It's it's about three local or like kind of like... Fall and rise, and uh, rise and fall. Are you are you p- very much playing yourselves? It is you as characters, or is it a little bit more? It's a little more heightened. Characterizing, yeah, in yeah. That sense. Okay, nice. Mm-hmm. And when when was that uh, going to hit the pilot? Do you know when there's a release date for the pilot? No, we don't. You don't release pilots, really. Oh, I thought like if it gets commissioned, then the first one oh. plays out. That would be episode one. Not necessarily. Okay. Not necessarily. Sometimes that happens when you uh, uh, when you do a pilot uh, with a network. Sometimes the pilot becomes episode, episode one. one. Yeah. Sometimes it gets picked up, and that was kind of like. The so right now, like just waiting to see if it's going to get yeah, picked yeah, up. Yeah, we're still full, in waiting. Full commission. Waiting phase. I have to sneeze. Do it. <laughs> Look at the light. Look at the light. That's how you get the sneeze to come on. Really? Yeah, yeah. You look at lights. Or if you look at the sun, like bright lights brings on a sneeze. Hmm. Well, it's gone. It's, it's gone. It's going to come back at some point. Maybe. Um, you talked a bit about comedy rappers there. You know, like when your friend, uh, the writer, Jason Rubin, was it? Uh, Jordan. Sorry, yeah. Jordan Rubin saying like, oh, this guy does a similar thing. I mean, there's been kind of comedy, not co- just comedy, but like, I, I loathe just saying comedy musicians or comedy rappers because... Yeah. We don't uh, really do shticky comedy rap anyway. I, exactly. We kind of just inject like humor into it. Palmar Superstar, you know, mm-hmm. was certainly like a comedy musician, you know, musical comedian who, but did it to a very high level. And then mm-hmm. more recently, you got people like Little Dicky or Big mm-hmm. Shaq, who are legitimately, there it is, come on, bring it out. I can't. Tickle it out. Look at that light. You got to look at that light. Just, ah, uh, uh, yeah. You got any feathers? I unfortunately <laughs> have left all of my burlesque here um, oh, at, the, at the other apartment, but um, I make out like I have another apartment. I don't. <laughs> so look, Little Dicky, Big Shack. I mean, these are guys who clearly doing, I mean, comedy rap stylings, mm-hmm. but then someone like Little Dicky, I think is one of the most awesome fucking rap talents around right yeah. now. Uh, Big Shack, I think like, after doing Man's Not Heart, has now suddenly legitimized himself and is being given all these serious offers and like, oh, fuck, maybe I can do that. Joji, even like, you know, Joji on, uh, you know, 
uh, on Filthy Frank. Pink Man, Filthy Frank, Pink yeah. Man. He, you know, went from being a guy making the most ridiculous, almost anti-comedy. I am the, I am, the, I am the cancer of the internet personified, yeah. to now making this beautiful lo-fi music. And then yeah. he's also just done a track with uh, Rich Chugger, Chigger, whatever is. I know he goes on by a different name now, but Rich and, Ryan, uh, Rich Ryan, uh, a few other different rappers. They've just done a track together, and it's awesome. Do you yeah. think? I don't know, man. Is it, do you uh, do you almost wish like you put even more time into the comedy rapping thing because you know whilst you were doing films and TV shows, you almost were pioneering something to some extent that now yeah. is blowing up in a big way. One of the one of the things when when we talked about the struggle of like using your time towards other stuff, yeah. One of the things I kind of like if I had to regret anything of over the year of my IRL streaming of the last year. It's definitely not doing more music. Um, that's one of the things like I should have just stayed on top of because um, it's fun. It's one of the, my favorite things to do creatively to go to the studio just for like a few hours uh, and then have like pretty much almost a finished product right away and then just do like a cheap music video. And usually my videos do pretty well when I put out music videos. Yeah. Um, but I was just, watching Nito earlier on today. Uh, yeah. I was watching that one. <laughs> it seems to be very very much a celebration of LA. Yeah. Well, yeah. Visually, the guy who, um, Mike Clattenburg, who directed uh, Trailer Park Boys, directed that. Okay. And uh, I basically binge watched all of Trailer Park Boys um, back then. And I, I just was like, who made this fucking show? It's amazing. And I tweeted him and he's like, hey man, I fucking, I like your shit too. He's like, let's hang out. I'm in LA. I'm like, fuck hanging out. Let's work, baby. And then, uh, then Nito came to me. making a video. Done. Yeah. And, uh, fuck, what was I saying before that? Um, oh yeah. I just made a Talking song. about music that you wish you kept up. Yeah. I just made way. a song like a couple nights ago, kind of like, uh, criticizing like the high art world. Um, and I plan to do a music video to that soon. So it's not like I'm never doing it, but I definitely want to get back in the saddle. And I think if this three local show gets picked up, we'll probably do a song each Come episode. On, that's not that's not a very LA way of looking at it. When this three local <laughs> show gets picked up, I can up, never be that guy. Really? Come on, I'll say it for you. When it gets picked up, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I think you know it would make sense to do an album to go along with it, Absolutely, and then maybe yeah. do another little tour. Well, 2012, so. right? Was the last release? Is that correct? Uh, for, for that, yeah, I've done I've done singles like solo songs and music yeah. videos, um, and it's crazy. Like sometimes I could just put out one music video, and a couple days later after it hits, I just I'll just get booked to like go like oh come to Arizona and do this song for this amount of money. And I'm like. Just one song. Yeah. And like, that's great. Well, the personal appearances, man, that's where the money can be, you know, for those yeah. little live performance. Life still has got the money, I think. Yeah. So there's there's going to be time for more music. But yeah, I definitely feel like the last year I kind of uh, wish I, you know, put a lot of effort into that when I was mainly just putting effort into IRL. How do you, I mean, you talked to, we talked earlier about your family and, you know, you've got this very, very Greek father and, uh, and you used to have your, am I correct that you used to have your granny on your MTV show as well? No, those are all people that we just found. Oh, well, my buddy was talking about it today. I was like, tell me more about this show. Mm. And he was recounting, he said there was a, there was, Andy had his grandmother on the show. Oh, uh, no, yeah, those are all people we oh, found. Oh, that sucks. But right. they weren't actors though. We, that's, that's what I really was insistent upon. Like, I really didn't want to hire some, like, some actors. So we found a bunch of people around the neighborhood. Yeah. Like, we want to be in our show. And like, I think that's 
what helped it so much is because I, I really like. You still in touch with that lady? Uh, no. You're a bad grandson. Yeah, I know. You're a bad fake um, grandson. But uh, fuck. You didn't want you didn't want actors. You I know, didn't want actors. I just think it's way better to do like you know kind of intentionally bad comedy. Yeah. With you know regular people. Yeah, absolutely. Are your family? Well, I was going to ask before I, you know, obviously mistakenly thought that was your real grandmother. Is uh, how do you how do your parents feel about you know the the creative pursuits you've done and that you're that you're involved in? Are they are they remotely creative themselves or? Well, my mom, uh, my mom, and my sister are like, you know, mega mega proud and like, my sister has like a big scrapbook with like every time I've been in like a magazine article or a newspaper. Yeah. She has like everything, um, and they they basically when we hang out and we're like going shopping or whatever. If my sister's in another aisle and I'm with my mom and someone comes up to me and says like, "Yo, you're Andy Milanakis, right?" And then my sister comes back and my and they they get really upset when they miss like that. Like, oh no, They're I missed it. Proud of you. Yeah, they right. really love seeing yeah. that and they get super stoked. Yeah. And my mom calls me all the time and she's like, I was on the phone with Verizon and I told them Milanakis. And they're like, you're not really to any Milanakis, are you? And and they they loved you so much. And like, and my mother's like trying to get me to go into local places and shops when I go back to New York. She's like, they really want to see you. And yeah, they're super proud. My father's a little bit different because he's like the hardcore Greek yeah. who, when I was taking uh, UCB classes, was like, Andy, they steal your money. They're stealing your money. What he's are you right. doing? He's right. They're stealing your money. Um, I'm with your dad on that one. So it was really awesome to sit down with him and be able to show him his like last name on TV. It was a really awesome moment for me. And even though he won't really admit it, when I go to these Greek associations, yeah, and he's not around, and all these other Greeks come up to me, they're like, "Your father's so proud. He tells us you're on TV." Like I'm like, "Oh." He's probably old school. He has to do it silently. He has to do it I when I'm not around. I can't tell him I'm proud because he thinks I'm homosexual. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm very proud of you. <laughs> yeah. So he, yeah, he, he's proud and he shares it with his friends, but he doesn't do it in front of me. Did they have different, different aspirations for you when you were a kid, do you think? Did they think, oh, well, Andy's going to grow up to be a I was always kind doctor of a, or a banker no, or something? I was always a fuck up. I dropped out of high school. I like, I, I don't know. They they definitely weren't happy with me <laughs> because I just I just didn't fucking apply myself at all. I would yeah. skip class. I would go smoke weed. I just I got left back like, and then I was gonna get left back again, and then I just dropped out of high school. And then even though I kind of like to use the word like failed upwards, like I failed upwards a few times because even even when I was a high school dropout. When I was, like, missing all those classes, a lot of times I was, like, getting into, like, really cool computer shit where I was learning a lot about computers. And then I dropped out of high school. I went to a technical college just for a few months to get some certificates because I already knew a lot about computers. And then I started getting pretty good jobs. Starting, like, so-so, doing, like, help desk, then desktop support, and then eventually um, I was, like, a network admin in this accounting firm in Manhattan. So... I wasn't making like a killing. I wasn't filthy rich, but I was making a good living uh, for myself. Yeah. Just 
from just a couple months of technical college, uh, even though I didn't go and do anything in high school, really. So, um, you know, I think once they saw me kind of get like more of like a career instead of a job, yeah, they were kind of content and happy. And it's then, always nice for parents to see their kids find some kind of calling, yeah, something something that they're passionate <clears throat> about. They, you know. Definitely, definitely. They seem stimulated by it. Mm-hmm. My dad's, but, my, but I think parents are very old school. How, how old are your parents? Sixties. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, my parents are like sixty nine. Um, get some capper in the chat. I think it's because uh, my dad's old. He just wants to know: Are you earning money though? Are you getting money from it? Doesn't understand the idea of you know speculating to accumulate, especially not in a creative industry. Mm-hmm. He just wants to know what I'm earning. And my mum's very proud. She's a theatre studies teacher English and theatre studies for years but then they still wanted me to fall have get something to fall back on go to university get something to fall back mm-hmm. on I think until you really most parents just want to see their kids with a roof over their head right yeah it's a fucking tough world out there man yeah well, it's, I mean it's changing more and more I think it's, it's harder and harder for younger people not either you or I are incredibly young but you know younger people to to have to have anything of any worth that they could pass on mm-hmm. because uh, we're not designed to that so it's all YOLO lifestyle look at me I just got fucking a new pair of Yeezys and I, I'm, I'm going to Magaluf for holiday <laughs> but it's like yeah but you, you fucking sink money into rent and you don't own property and you'll never <coughs> you know never be able to send your kids college because you're fucking broke but your Rekful, nails look Rekful did a good uh, breakdown of Redfall's another streamer on Twitch, right? Yeah, he did a good breakdown on how you can um, actually make more money renting than buying a house. It was like renting plus investing versus uh, mortgage and your monthly payments on a house without investing. Right. And he did a really cool breakdown that showed like renting could, you know. This is in terms of like cash, like ready cash that you can actually generate through that the thing is there's something very nice about coming home to a home that you own outright which can't yeah. be that's, that gives you a different sense of safety and security that can't be replaced but yeah we I weren't talking about is, the pros and cons of like what it's like to live in an apartment versus a house it was just like a monetary thing so which, you, can't everybody hang, you can't hang out family portraits inside a bank account well yeah well everybody is like you know kind of like everybody says that you're throwing money away when you're renting yeah when you could be possibly making more than if you're actually buying a house. That sure. was the, that was kind of the breakdown, which I thought was kind of clever. He's gone into the world of philosophical financial advice now. <laughs> now that Bitcoin's fucked, we're looking to wreckful to maybe complete ourselves. Do you think, I'll, I'll leave it on this, man, because we're already way over the one hour mark. Um, what would you like to achieve with, A, your live stream? Like, what would you love to impart and how would you like your content to influence the audience that you do have and any new people coming to you as an audience? And secondly, this is a separate question, but you know, you can get to it when you can. Um, if time, money, energy were no issue of any sort, what would be the one project you would love to fucking kickstart and get up and running for yourself? Well, as far as my Twitch stream, I feel like I already kind of... Um... I feel like I'm a good influence to younger people. I'm not always like the most, um, let's say, PC. But as far as like my actual core values, and I do have real talks with my chat a lot. And um, just from the feedback I get and from the emails I get and people responding, um, 
I get a lot of good feedback about like something that I've said that helped them kind of like see the light in a way or it could be about philosophy. It could just be about like, uh, you know, uh, it could be about business. It could be about philosophy, whatever it is. So I do want to continue to, you know, even though I could be kind of like a little bit of like a, a mess on stream, uh, I think people see that the skeleton is like good natured. And I feel like that helps people sometimes. Yeah. I want to continue to do that. If I want to continue to put full-time hours into streaming, um, I want to come up with a way to make sure I can put my creative juices into it more than I have in the past. Um, maybe more of those kind of one, maybe largening the number of those uh, Andy Milanakis shows type streams. Type things, or maybe, you know, maybe turn into like a talk show. I already started doing like cooking again. I bought like a big stainless steel table for my kitchen so I could do some cooking streams. Nice. You know, that's creative in itself. Uh, so I do want to like kind of inject more creative creativity into my streams. Um, I don't know about big picture, what it, what I'll actually want to do on Twitch, but hopefully it could evolve and turn into something that's more fulfilling to me, uh, for me, and better for the audience, you know? Yeah. As far as big projects, with someone's just an angel investor, just giving you as much money as you want, and you've got all the time in the world to work on it. What's the one project that currently either is an idea or it's something you tried to get off the ground before that you could just do tomorrow? What would it be? I wouldn't want to snap call that. I mean, oh for, fuck off! For There's the, got to be something for that the you absolutely love, man. Something yeah, but for the like. podcast, I could give you an answer, but. You know, say say the briefcase was here now. Yeah. Would you want to make that decision in five oh, yeah. seconds? Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. Really? Yeah. See, I wouldn't. I would want to think about it a little bit. I, you know, it could I already, be. I already know that. I, I, there's three projects I'd immediately just <clears throat> done, done. All right, I, I have one. Yeah. That's that I definitely have thought about in the past that I really want to do. That hopefully I'll do eventually. Let's hear it. Let's make this a reality. I want to do a super super emotional. Porn. dramatic oh, movie okay. where I star in and just really try to like really bust out some acting chops you'd like to rather than a comedy role you'd love a serious acting role I'd love to do a serious acting role that's good man that's admirable yeah do you think you could manifest that without having to be the guy who is maybe producing funding it yourself absolutely yeah the only obstacle is myself yeah man I, I was I'm interested about it. I'm always interested when I see someone's IMDb and you look at their filmography and it's a lot of comedy comedy mm -hmm. comedy 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 roles which of course you lend yourself to comedy you're mm -hmm. a funny guy um, but yeah I always wonder I think I think most comics feel like that most comedy performers feel like that it's like but I'm also a good actor I would like to just make people empathize be moved cry listen to a story be engrossed in a story without having to laugh at my performance. Yeah. I've done a couple videos, music videos and other videos where I was super, super emotional. Yeah. And I just committed like as much as I possibly could. And it feels so fucking good and it feels so cool to do that. I'd like to do that in a longer format. Game of Thrones. 
<laughs> Final season. No, of Game I mean, of emo- I mean, really emotional. Hey, I get pretty emotional about Game of Thrones. <laughs> I mean, it is an emotional show, but I mean, like, I, I want to do like an independent comedy where, like, you know, you I'm in do- a really fucked up position in life, and I'm just like, you know, fucking. Yeah, super you want a, a serious drama role? In a, serious. In a, in a drama yeah, yeah, yeah. Role. All right, you're gonna make it happen, man. Yeah, you will. I will. Thanks so much for coming and talking to us. Hey. Talking to us. Talking to me. All good. And us. The listeners as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're, uh, you're, uh, you're an interesting guy, Andy. Thanks, I'm glad we got to sit down and have a fucking conversation. <laughs> no and doubt. I look forward to sitting down and having a beer at some point as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, a different Sarah Snowflake podcast today, but uh, a very insightful one, man. <laughs> I wonder how many people get to hear this side of your interests your dreams your hopes your aspirations your fears without just you know egging you on either on IRL stream to do weird <laughs> crazy shit or kind of judging you only as a you know a two-dimensional comedy character mm-hmm. that serious role is coming up for you man uh guys thank you very much for tuning in if you want to check out the other episodes make sure to head to soundcloud or itunes search for savage snowflake podcast also, check out patreon.com forward slash Jeff Leach if you want to be a supporter. Thank you very much to all the supporters so far. You will be getting a shout out on the next episode, and I will be back next week. Take care, savages. See you next time. <laughs>